boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talking Greyhounds. Trent Mason Elder joined in studio by Simone Fisher. Good morning, Simone. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Trent. Gee, uh, some nice weather we've had finally. Very, very hot. <laughs> Hopefully the dogs out there are keeping cool. Uh, Bendigo, of course, today will be an early start. What's coming up on today's show? Well, there's been plenty happening this week, Trent, so we have a very busy show. I'll be chatting to Jamie Ennis about his chances in the Ballarat Cup tonight with Belt Up Bubs. Bernie Carrollin about the launch of the Gippsland Carnival this week. And our special in-studio guest is Greg Miller, who will be talking Sandown and telling us all about the National Draft. What's making news around the kennels? Plenty of news around, as there always is. Let's kick off with the Ballarat Cup tonight, Simone. Uh, the first reserve, Rixia Pest, will be jumping from box seven, Trent. At the moment, pending no more scratchings this morning, it's a quality field and they will all be chasing the $47,000 first prize. I'll be emceeing the event tonight, so looking forward to a great night out there at Ballarat. You're wishing the club all the best. I'm sure it'll be a tremendous night. It's a very strong field. We'll go through that a little bit later and catch up with one of the uh, connections. We had the Brisbane Cup final on Thursday night at Albion Park. We sure did, and Hasten Slowly, in his 11th group final, uh, took out the Brisbane Cup finally. It was his first group one. Now, he has placed in four second in four group one finals prior to Thursday night, so he really deserved that victory. He was drawn near the fence where he likes to be, pretty much led from go to woe, and he's a strong chaser as well, so congratulations there to... Angela Langton, she also had a couple of winners at Sandown, so it was a good night for her all round. Some uh, disappointing news at Terrelgan. They continue to have problems with the track there, so Thursday's meeting was abandoned and uh, future meetings are being transferred, so just keep an eye on the website. Hopefully they'll have it all right for the Cup early next year. I mentioned off the top, uh, Bendigo's meeting today with the the heat from yesterday. We've got the uh, amended meeting or the uh, rescheduled meeting and the first race this morning at (laughs) 9.32. So make sure you're uh, aware of that uh, on in a few hours from now. Um, And we've got the Silver Chief Carnival Carnival beginning shortly as well. It does. Uh, This year it is sponsored by Fakeway Greyhounds. Uh, The Meadows have already planned a huge pirate-themed family fun night. So... They always do a great job. Uh, Sometimes it falls on New Year's Day. Um, It's very early in the year, but um, looking forward to that already. All right, let's go and have a chat to Jamie Ennis. Belt up bubs off the red in tonight's Ballarat Cup final. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining us now is Jamie Ennis, who has belt up bubs with his wife, Brooke, in the final of the Ballarat Cup tonight. Jamie, you must have been wrapped to come up with the red box. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, looked, it looks a really good draw, especially with Shadal drawn too, who does like to use the track early. So, um, obviously, he'll get his chance. It looks like he will. Look, he's got a great record belt-up bubs from the outside boxes. But, um, like you mentioned, the fact that he's got a wide runner on his inside, on his outside is probably what makes the box one look so good for him. Yeah, that's right. Basically, with him, it's uh, a, ma- a matter of building his momentum. Um, he's a big 39-kilo dog, and he sort of gets royal when he sort of draws the middle and that by dog sort of coming across him in the first two or three strides before he can build up, you know, his high speed to the first corner. But uh, obviously off box one with, you know, a couple of dogs drawn next to him that don't look like putting any pressure on him at all, he should be able to get three or four strides in early to, uh, yeah, build up that momentum. It does look that way. He's a greyhound that's, um, oh, you must have been happy to see him get a win back on the board. He's been racing in very hard company from poor draws. So, 
probably a really good confidence run for him last week too. Yeah, that's right. Um, probably even so too, back to his sort of home ground track where uh, he'd done all his early education as well. Uh, they'll hold him in good stead. His record at the track's pretty good as well. Jamie, it's a tremendously strong Ballarat Cup field. They always are. What do you see as your biggest danger? Oh, look, I still think Ashton Cometo, um, he was outstanding. He's had his run on time um, for those of the, the buffs of sectional uh, times and things like that. That was just simply outstanding last week. I can probably see him even missing Shadale early and dropping on the fence. Uh, those dogs in the middle, they're four, five and six. I really think they'll go hammer to the first corner and uh, I don't think they will help each other's chances, but... Um, Hopefully that's the case for us. We can just sit in behind him. And uh, Ashton Cometo isn't right behind us, but uh, if he is right behind us, he's going to be awfully hard to beat. He will be, but your guy has got a 24.97 PB there, five wins and a second placing from his six starts. You can't ask for much more than that going into a final on a, like, on a track like you mentioned that he loves. Um, it's almost like it's just in the lap of the gods now. Yeah, that's right. Look, he's, he's drawn perfectly and... Um, like I said, he's got the right dogs drawn around him. It's basically himself now. You know, he can just manoeuvre himself into the clear, use his big frame early uh, to push through under a couple. Um, he'll give himself every chance. He looks like he'll he'll finish on the podium somewhere, but uh, obviously it's a very hard race, and um, you know, it, there's no easy wins in these sort of in these sort of races. But uh, the draw certainly brings him right into play. Jamie, you won this race back in 2008, 10 years ago. You quinelled it actually with V-Man Vane and Magambo, so you never know. 10 years on, it might just be that lucky number and uh, box one and you find yourself first in the race. Oh, sounds good to me anyway. <laughs> good luck, Jamie. Thanks a lot. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And our special in-studio guest this morning is Sandown CEO, Greg Miller. Good morning, Greg. Uh, good morning, Simone. Thank you for having me in. It's great to have you here. Uh, gee, it's been plenty happening. No sooner are we off the Melbourne Cup and we're into the laurels. We'll get to that shortly. But let's talk about the Melbourne Cup to start things off. Um, record turnover. Uh, you must be absolutely thrilled with that. Yeah, we are. Look, we, we feel very responsible having the opportunity to run the Melbourne Cup. And um, this year particularly... The cooperation between Grand Racing Victoria, Sandown and the TAB went to a new level. And I think their promotional work behind the scenes ought to be admired. Um, the combined total uh, for the Melbourne Cup across Australia was around $7.5 million, which wow. is a big increase. Um, the corporates do well as well. Sportsbet, the others all do well. But I must thank uh, the TAB, uh, led by Darren Pearce there. They did a fantastic job. It was a fantastic night out there, wasn't it, Trent? Um, OK, the weather... We don't have any control over that, but just the atmosphere and the racing. Yeah, yeah it was. It was sensational. Yeah, the, the, the weather was very unkind, but there were still heaps of people. There. I, I was shocked when I drove into the car park how many people were there given the weather. I'm sure it turned a few people away. You can't do anything about it, but just the atmosphere. And the thing I really loved about the whole night, and there were plenty, but the absolute highlight for me was my Redeemer up with the patrons after the race. There's, there's no yeah. better promotion for Greyhound Racing than that. Yeah, absolutely. He actually walked through the public crowd. What an idea. David just came up with this. He said he was so excited. He said, I want to bring the dog to the people. And I hadn't even thought of it before. It was something that he just came up with. Of course, Mick Floyd was all over that. Let's go. <laughs> through the public, up through the grandstand. What a hit. 
You can't do that with horses. No, that's right. No, we were, I was actually talking to Matt Stewart in the studio yesterday about the same thing, and he goes, that's one thing that greyhound racing has that you can't do with harness racing or the gallops as well. So, no, it's fantastic. They're really bringing the, the greyhounds to the public, isn't it, and letting, letting them see the athlete up close and have a pat after the swabs and everything are done. But, Greg, getting back to this turnover, what do you think you can attribute it to? Um, you know, a few years ago we were just hanging by the skin of our teeth um, and all of a sudden we've got record figures. Look, yeah, absolutely. It's a combination of facts. I think our sport appeals to the next generation, the younger generation. I think the quick payouts, the uh, you know, racing every 17 or 18 minutes, the um, no quick weight, no jockeys, all of those things, uh, 12 races in three and a half hours, all those things appeal. Uh, we're going to take advantage of that. Um, so putting our sport on when those people are wanting to have a bet in the pubs and clubs and everything else. So the programming is important. The relationship with the major players, particularly the TAB, has changed, definitely, all for the better. Um, it was the TAB Melbourne Cup, and they were all over it, and they did a magnificent job along with um, the GRV personnel. Steve Gray, in particular, I've got to thank him. So it was a, a combined effort, but it is a growing trend. Greyhound Racing's, uh, you know, from my time, even the eight years, has come from 16 17% of the racing market share to, you know, close to 25% now, which is, you know, all credit to uh, a number of parties. It's phenomenal, really. Well, getting to this next concept that you've come up with, Greg, is the national draft. Um, and again, trying to get and keep young people in the sport or just new owners. I'm not a football person. I know it's sort of been aligned a little bit with the football draft, but you're here to explain it and uh, let us know what this draft is all about. Well, it's an opportunity for any listeners out there to get involved in syndications. Um, look, to grow our sport, we need more and more people involved. And an easy or best entry point is owning a, owning a greyhound. Um, once you own them, you get hooked. And uh, the prize money around Australia is about $122 million. So that's up for offering, you know. And, um, and of course, in our concept, and this is not all the concepts, but pretty much once you, once you get in, you don't have to pay more money for ongoing training fees. Mm. Now, that's not all syndication types. And this particular idea was, I guess, to pick up from what I learned through my football days and say, well, what appeals to the next generation? It is drafting, the football draft. So we've, we, we went and purchased uh, George Ferrugia, particularly, who's an outstanding um, judge judge he of greyhounds. He, he's purchased in the last six months 30 young, really well-bred greyhounds from around Australia. And all different ages, but none of them are more than 11 months old. And he's put them in the best rearing properties around Australia. So you get those two parts right, you've a bit more of a chance of success. The third part is having a good training stable. So what we've done is we've got 30 draft prospects, is no different in football terms, but these are greyhounds, young greyhounds. And we've picked 10 team leaders. And these 10 team leaders are trainers and owners, the best, the best um, people, I, I believe, to make the right selections from all around Australia. Most importantly, there's Team RSN, led by is. James Vandermark. Now, James <laughs> Vandermark loves greyhounds. He knows his dogs, and he's selected three trainers already to go in his three dogs. So the ultimate, basically what happens is on um, December 16th, which is only 10 days away now, and, um, eight days away now, um, 10 o'clock in the morning on Sky, have your computers on on 2018draft.com.au, 2018draft.com.au. And there's an opportunity under the under the tile called Expression of Interest. Watch the show, um, and then if you like a team or you like a particular greyhound that's chosen, you can buy into that team. So as the show's happening, the draft's happening in order because the 10 teams have three rounds and they pick three dogs. And then you've got a stable, you've got a team, and that team, you know, Team Britain or, or Team RSN uh, will have three dogs. And you can buy a 5% share 
um, when you put your expression of interest in, because this is an often acceptance rule. This is this is very much a financial service license product. We've 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 worked hard with a company called Spollies, and we've come up with um, a partnership with a company called Primary Securities, who own a financial services license, and we are working with them to make sure this is completely above board, and we can promote and advertise these syndications. A five percent share will cost you uh, two thousand five hundred and fifty. You make application, you put your expression of interest in, and the first twenty that accept that expression of interest own five percent each in three dogs. Team RSN, James Vandermatt. You can't go wrong. You can't, and we've got Matt Lanigan as one of the trainers, Trent, uh, Kate Gorman and Brendan Purcell. Brendan trains in his own right, mm. but he has had such good mentorship from Robert Bobby. Britton. Yep. Um, he's one of his kennel foremen, I guess you could say. So, you know, maybe not with the high-profile tag, but you're certainly getting a quality trainer. No, I'm very happy with the uh, three trainers we've got and very happy with the skipper as well. I've already had, had a word to Jimmy, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's keen to take on the role and nah, no better person to be leading the RSN ship than James Van Mart. He's so passionate about it, and his, his knowledge and his, his form of, of greyhound racing is, is second to none, so really looking forward to it, Greg. I just uh, worry, I feel sorry for poor uh, Jimmy, as you'd call him, because uh, it's his engagement party the night before. Oh, no. And he's in Wyandotte. <laughs> He lives up near Hillsville, and I've got to have him in at the studio at 7.30 next morning. So when you look at him at TV, just so I can see through those eyes and see how he looks. But he's promised me, you know, he's promised me he's going to be there, bright and ready to go. Already done his homework, and when it's his turn to have a choice in the draft, he reckons he'll nail it. And as you say, he's got three great trainers. And I guess, Greg, the whole unknown and uncertainty of owning a greyhound or a horse is that you're hoping for a champion, but you don't know. So it's going to be one of those things that evolves... No doubt, the greyhounds that get chosen, they may not break in well, but then they may go along quite steadily. They may have an injury. They may win a group race. It's all that unknown, but that's part of being in a syndicate, and it takes away that pressure of owning it outright and the expense that can come from buying a pup, rearing it, and all that. Yeah, you're spot on, Simone, and and I guess you're spot on because you you just don't know. All we can do is increase the percentage opportunities by the best breeding, best rearing, best training. That doesn't promise you anything. But having three also gives you, you might have one mediocre, one good and one one superstar. Who knows? We can't promise you anything. All we can say, we've done our best. George has done his best. They're read at the best. And we've got a fantastic team of 10 team leaders, 18 trainers involved. Fantastic. Uh, Greg, I, I love this idea. I love the speed star as well. Great to see the club and Greyhound Racing evolving and being innovative like some of the other the codes and we see you know the likes of the Everest and the Gallops and that sort of thing. I think it's fantastic. Was there any pushback at all from the committee or were they fully supportive of an initiative such as this? Uh, yeah, I must ask him about that soon. No, no. <laughs> Apologies, uh, Neil. No, 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 absolutely. Look, they understand our, our obligation. Clubs' obligations change completely. GRV are the regulators. They're not the promoters of the sport. The clubs have got to... Yep. The clubs and the, and, the, and the participants. This was a bit, of, a bit of a test of the participants because we asked them all to pay five grand each to be a team leader going into the Helping Hand Fund to help others. So we sorted a few out. To see the quality we've got, yeah. they understand their obligation to commit to the industry. They've got to contribute as well. They've got to, we've got to share the load. The clubs have got to uh, contribute. GRV's got to keep the government's favour. Um, you've got the chairman coming on soon. That's his job. Our job is to promote the bloody sport. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And look, it's an easy sport to promote, I think, now, Trent, too, um, because we're out there. Um, and like I've mentioned before, sometimes bad publicity can all of a sudden, people start sifting through the misinformation. And they think, hang on a minute. Well, let's go out there and see for ourselves. And, gee, we really enjoyed the night tonight. And it's a great show. And the dogs look amazing. Yep. We can see they're well cared for. Mm. Um, so sometimes that can 
down the track work in your favour, having those negative yeah. sort of well, promotions? Well, it is. I think one of our primary responsibilities as a club is to create advocates for the sport. So every person who comes to Sandown has got to have a good time. Yep. Yep. So man, you've got to put on layers of entertainment. You mm. can't just have the grand racing itself. That's one form of entertainment. But you've got to put on kids' parties and this and this and this and music and all the things. And we do that and we change it up to suit different um, demographics and we do. Um, so that's, again, the obligation of the club. The night, uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, Warrigal had uh, Ian Botham and I all know, that. Yes. So I that know. Was a, you know, that was, I mean, that, what, what a great thing. And mm. that's, you know, in a regional area, well done to, well done to Warrigal and the GRV. That, they're the sort of things you've got to do to get the publicity. People come along. It changes perception. Yeah, you come to Sandown, it, it changes perceptions. And you've been fortunate enough to have great ambassadors like Brent Harvey and Magic Door and some of these guys come out there and young kids who are out watching greyhound racing to see Boomer Harvey walking amongst the crowd and see how much he loves it. I mean, that's got to be, you talk about having a positive experience at the yeah. Greyhounds. That's got to add to it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we get quite a few. We get uh, obviously Ricky Ponting comes out from time yep. to time. Jack Rewald, he's a he's a regular too. Uh, uh, it's great. And I heard uh, Ian Botham talking about uh, the fact that he's owned sixty dogs himself yeah. back oh, in wow. England. Yeah. So yeah, people are saying, that, "Oh, you, you're a gun for hire." He goes. Bullshit! I've, yeah. I've got sixty dogs. I've had my wife only knows about half a dozen, but I've had over sixty. He said, <laughs> "Sounds like all of us husbands." <laughs> Me with horses. <laughs> well, Greg, uh, it's fantastic. Great that you could come in and talk about it. But just briefly, you've got another big event coming up: the Laurels with the heats on Sunday. Um, like you said before, perhaps not a great deal of depth this year, but we are experiencing a lot of reduced numbers in fields at the moment with the decline in the numbers of dogs. But what you have got is some real standout performance. We have. We've got some stars. Uh, look, Black Opium, uh, second in the Melbourne Cup, won the following week. Now goes back to his, uh, her own sex and uh, age uh, limits. Um, she'll be, she's a star, but uh, won't have it all the same way. Uh, Time to Talk is a very good dog. The Galeas have got Sweet as M. We're talking about Ben and Purcell. That's a, she's a star as well. Um, and of course, Federal Lily, uh, Federal Lily will make the final. There's one tip for her because <laughs> she's a faultless beginner and she's getting a bit stronger uh, all the time. And I think Federal Lily, you know, look, I, I, I'm not putting it that it can beat Black Opium, but she's going to be in the final. They've got to um, finish about the first four, I think, this week to go through to the semis and then through to the final on the 20th of uh, of December. But it's a time-honoured race, worth about 50 grand of the winner. Um, yeah, it's not a great lot of depth, but some real stars. And you don't always have to have the depth, but, um, I mean, it does create for good punting and turnover like we spoke about before. But the fact that you've got these standouts and that we'll possibly get through to the final, I mean, we'd love to see Black Opium in another Group 1 or Group... Is it Group 2? Group 2. It'll be less than 10 starts for her and she'll be in another group race. So, I mean, the chances are she'll make it, but um, it's going to be interesting finding out anyway. Yep, we'll come along this Sunday. Greg, Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow. Greg, it's been a pleasure having you in the studio, mate. Uh, best of luck with the draft on Sunday week and go Team RSN. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks a lot, Trent. Thanks, Simone. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And our third guest on the show this morning is GRV Chairman Bernie Carroll. And good morning, Bernie. Good morning, Simone. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, thanks. Gee, um, racing doesn't finish, does it, or ever end? We don't get any break from it. And um, during the week, you launched the Gippsland Carnival down at Warrigal. How was the night? The night was absolutely terrific at Warrigal. Um, we had uh, some terrific guests there and a really good crowd from uh, all the Gippsland clubs and, and local uh, community groups and so on. So it was a really terrific night at Warrigal. And uh, hopefully it's going to be just as good a carnival. Well, this is the third Gippsland Carnival that you've just launched. Um, the previous two seem to have been quite successful. Um, why do you think that the carnival sort of terminology, I guess, in the series um, does make people come to the track? Oh, I think 
Well, well for a start, Gippsland is, has a very big participant pay, base in greyhound racing. Lots of our owners and trainers are, are based uh, throughout Gippsland. So it, it's really good to have some big events in their home territory, uh, if you like. But also, of course, the clubs, the four clubs, Cranbourne, Warrigal, Sale uh, and Terrelgan, are all very friendly, very accessible clubs. And across these summer months, it, it just makes sense to uh, link them together and, and, and form their cups into a, uh, you know, into a series. Um, and, and it seems to work. I think this third year will uh, really build on the success of the previous two and hopefully be bigger, bigger and better. It's a lot of racing. You've got four cups with heats and finals spread over seven weeks. But um, as Greg mentioned earlier, just the younger generation, they want things now. They want it quickly. They want it to follow <laughs> on. So perhaps that um, comes into play somewhat as well. Well, look, it is a lot of racing over, over that period. But, but then again, as you said in the introduction, Simone, we, we have a lot of greyhound racing uh, week in, week out throughout, you know, in, in any event. So... The, the, the racing intensity would be the same, um, or more or less the same, and it's. I, I think by turning it into a, uh, you know, the series of, of the cups, it it gives um, it gives participants a, a focus on on trying to attend, or, you know, not necessarily all four of them, but but maybe uh, two or three of the four, uh, and certainly gives community groups something to attend and families across the summer period. It's a unique carnival. You've got one distance race, which will be the Sale Cup on Boxing Day, followed by the three sprint races. So logic just tells you that you're going to get a different lot of dogs for the Sale Cup as the other ones, but um, that makes the dynamics even more interesting. Yes, it does. And look, the Sale Cup is a very important, uh, in its own right, the Sale Cup is one of the most important distance distance races anywhere um, through the year. So the Sale Cup is unique, and of course, it's on Boxing Day night as well, and and it always gets a terrific attendance um, from the local community and and visitors who are who are camping or holidaying in that part of Victoria. So, the Sale Cup is a terrific event in its own right, um, and then the other three do do lend themselves to be put together um, across this this you know period of six or seven weeks, and. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. We think we'll have some terrific interest and, and some high-quality greyhounds. I'm sure you will, Bernie. Absolutely no doubt about that. And I've been to the Sale Cup for many, many years, and I know just exactly what you're talking about. But my biggest question to you this morning is, how on earth did you get Sir Ian Botham to be um, at the Warrigal launch? Now, I'm showing my age, I know, but I grew up watching <laughs> cricket with Ian Botham and Bob Willis and David Gower, um, three names that spring to mind. So I am yes, sounding very well, old, well, but my goodness, how did that happen? Yes, well, it, it is um, it is an interesting story. I'm, I'm, uh, I used to follow him a lot as well. And as someone said to me last night, uh, Botham should have been an Australian because in that era uh, he played... Um, with with an edge that was more like Australian players of that era uh, than English, uh, but the reason he's here is uh, he d- he still does some cricket commentary, uh, but he's not commentating on this particular series between Australia and India. 
he's actually in Australia because his passion these days is wine. Oh, right. uh, and he, he comes to Australia quite frequently for, uh, for the wine uh, business that he has an interest in. Uh, and we were, we were, um, quick enough or our staff were quick enough on the, uh, on the alert to realize he was here and see if he was available. So it was, it was a great honor to have him there. And, and we're also going to have, um, some, some, some good talent, local talent, uh, at the different events through the carnival with Brent Harvey, uh, St. Max Gorn, spoken by a Melbourne supporter and, um, and Dane Swan through the carnival. So we're really looking forward to, uh, to having those ambassadors with us. That sounds fantastic, Bernie. We'll be certainly looking out for it and um, you know, waiting and watching to see what transpires over this Gippsland Carnival. Thanks for joining us on the show this morning. Thank you very much, Simone. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Who have you found for us this week, Simone? Well, I found Orson Allen at the Meadows on Wednesday running a 29.56, leading all the way. They're running a 5.05, down the back and winning by 10 lengths. But then Trent, Thursday night, mm. poked the bear, 29.01, ran a 5.05 to the first mark at Sandown and uh, led all the way. And I, I guess we always ask, what would he do if he actually began well? Yeah, well, now right. we've seen it, 29.01. Yeah, incredible performance from Poke the Bear, who continues to race in great form. Last week's Dr. Follow was? Apex Within, who ran second in a heat of the sale distance championship. So he has box eight in the final tomorrow. And my Dr. Follow this week is Dolly Mack, who's now made it five from five since her de- debut in mid-October. She won at the Meadows on Wednesday in 29.79. You're going to Ballarat for your best bet this weekend? I am, but uh, in the consolation, race five, number eight, Startron. He led a long way in his cup heat last week and he's perfectly drawn in box eight tonight. What's coming up over the next week or so? The Laurels heats tomorrow at Sandown. The Hobart Thousand heats will be next week. Sale Cup and Silver Chief heats not far away either. Plenty happening, Trent. Good on you, Simone. Thanks for coming in and uh, good luck tonight. I'm sure you'll do a great job and enjoy Ballarat Cup night. I will. And what we always say, Trent, is... keep those tails wagging. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.